Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. International News Review. Welcome back to Money FM Weekend Mornings. Steve Oaken with us for our regular segment on international news, what is happening around the town and around the world. And Steve, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, GVZ, all the way from Karen Hill Road. <laughs> Just mere kilometers away from where I am right <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, great to see you again, uh, as always. Um, yeah. Things are heating up in the U.S. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Let's start a little bit closer to home with our 400,000 Trace Together tokens have been distributed. Uh, some 50% of people in Singapore now have them uh, that need to wear them. Uh, we are headed toward uh, a, a new world, right? And a new way of, uh, of tracing each other that, in a way that uh, hopefully will keep Singapore safe from COVID-19. You know, you reminded me to put my trace uh, uh, tracker on. Um, I have, I'm one of those 400,000. We knew where you were anyway, Steve. You didn't need to have it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, yeah, sorry. It, 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 no, I mean, it, it shows what, you know, that this you know, the virus can be contained, you know, you're not going to eliminate it, but you have to find a way to open back up, to open back up safely. And, you know, people are willing to do what needs to be done. And if it means that you carry around a device that uh, that will let people know when you come across them so you can be traced, you should be doing it. And again, there's, you know, there's nothing political about it. There's, uh, it's not even a question of, you know, liberties. It's what do we need to do to get back to normal? Hopefully the United States is, is going to, to get there as well. And um, but but you, you do see where forward thinking governments explaining things that people will buy into it. One of the main, I think, obstacles has been people worried about their their lives being tracked and, and all that. And uh, it's my understanding that these tokens do not track personal data. They do not track. Uh, you know, there's no GPS locator. It is simply a proximity alert to people that may or may not have had COVID-19. So slightly different than what some, I think, some privacy experts are concerned about. But again, you, ha- you know, the, the, everything is, is a trade-off. And, you know, if you want to open up more, you need to be able to find where the disease is being, you know, the virus is being transmitted. So you can lock that down instead of either having to lock the entire country down or, you know, basically doing nothing, which is kind of what the U.S. is doing at the federal level uh, right now. So everything is, in, in life is, is a trade-off, and you minimize, uh, the, you know, the intrusion into privacy to maximize the ability to have the freedom of movement. So you're trading one from the other, and everybody buys into that. The government says that we need about 75% of the population with either the, uh, the trace, contact tracing app or the, the token that you have um, before we can truly feel safe about going into phase three, which is uh, you know, going to be coming up sometime in coming months. Uh, and also right now in Singapore, as many of our listeners will know, we can use our barcode scanner or we can use our, our IC or FIN card uh, to enter shops and, and restaurants and things like that. That will no longer be available at the end of December. You must have the, the tracing app or the the uh, token that you have uh, will definitely be a shift in how we are have been living our life for the last few months. Well, in a way, it'll be easier because what you have now is, you know, you, you have a lot of human error in the process. And so, I mean, how many times do you go in, you check into a, a, a mall, you check into, you know, a building, um, check into a restaurant, but then you forget to check out. And so what happens is instead of 
you now if, if there if there is somebody with COVID in that location where you were, um, even if you left and that person came in after, there's no way to know that. So now you have to quarantine more people or you have to get more people tested because you have human error when it comes to entering the data. This takes that out. This takes the element of human error out. It also limits the contact because if you're in a mall, but nowhere near the person who who has it and the, the tracker shows that then you, you know, then you don't have to get tested and you don't have to get quarantined. So it re- it's, it's again, everything's a trade off. You're going to make the tracking a lot smarter, a lot easier, and then you're going to be able to open up even more. And that's the trade off to get to phase three. All right, let's go uh, just across the causeway to Malaysia. Today at around 2.30 or so, there's expected to be a meeting between the king of Malaysia, uh, Abdullah Ahmad Shah, and the prime minister, Muhyiddin Yassin, and his government. The prime minister wants to implement a, a state of emergency, basically, so that he can have special powers to do things like pass a budget and, and other things. Now, this economic emergency that he's calling for, rivals are saying that his proposal is disproportionate, unjustified. But the prime minister is saying, no, we need this because we've got to get some stuff done, even as uh, Malaysia had their highest caseload of new cases yesterday uh, that, they've, that they've had. So uh, where, where do we stand on this particular topic? Well, I mean, it's, it's if the prime minister had full political support um, you know, from the, the clearly from the parliament, he wouldn't have to do this. And so the question is, is there really the type of emergency that's needed um, to address uh, COVID? Or is this a way to shore up his political support um, and not lose, uh, you know, not lose uh, the parliament and turning over uh, the reins to presumably Anwar or maybe somebody else. So the question is, is this a real economic issue? Is it a health issue or is it a political issue? Most people tend to think it's a political issue. Mm. And that's why really questionable whether the king would be convinced to say this is truly an economic crisis and we're going to have to do something. I think this would only be like the fifth time in, in Malaysia's history that, that, that the, this, uh, these emergency powers uh, would be granted. So is Malaysia any more of an emergency than any other country nearby? No other country um, has, has you know, gone down this route, has postponed elections. So I, I would be a little bit surprised if the emergency powers were granted because it just seems so political as opposed to uh, a health crisis or an economic crisis, which other countries are all dealing with that without having to do this. Yeah, we, we won't know what the result of that is. Obviously, people pushing on both sides uh, for that uh, emergency powers uh, declaration that would give him uh, the power to do that. So we will uh, wait and see uh, what happens this afternoon if, in fact, that meeting goes ahead between the Malaysian prime minister and the king of Malaysia to discuss that. Got to move on to the U.S. Uh, we are getting down to the wire now with the uh, with the U.S. election. Both candidates out on the stump uh, doing everything they can, going to key states. I believe Trump was in Florida, uh, was he not, recently, today, yesterday? Yeah. Uh, what's happening? What's happening with the race? Well, I think look, the most important thing to watch is where the candidates go, where because the most valuable asset a presidential campaign has is uh, the nominee's uh, time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just announced about an hour or so ago that Joe Biden is going to Georgia. Hmm. And I, to me, that is a huge indication that one, the Biden campaign is confident of of picking up. Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, the three states that 
that Hillary Clinton lost by a collective 80,000 votes last time. So if, if Joe Biden's in Georgia, um, I think that is a sign that the, the Biden campaign really believes this race uh, is is his to lose right now. And he's trying to expand, um, you know, expand the, the, the battlefield because there's no way, zero chance Donald Trump wins the presidency without carrying Georgia. And now if the, if he has to spend time in Georgia to balance out Joe Biden going on the offensive there, this this race would seem to be in the bag almost for Joe Biden. Or this is, on the other hand, one of the we'll we'll go down in history as the biggest campaign malpractice ever. <laughs> uh, you know, because if if he if he loses Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and loses Georgia and yeah. wasn't spending the time where he, he he doesn't need Georgia, Joe Biden doesn't need Georgia to win, then yeah. then it will go down to huge blunder. In recent years, you know, Georgia has been very much a red state, right? They've gone to Republicans very, very solidly, with the exception of some areas right in Atlanta, which tend to be quite vote quite democratic but the rest of the state is is very much a republican stronghold uh, are, are the numbers showing us that there is there are cracks in that and that even outside of the metropolitan atlanta area there's a lot more democratic support well look the the country if from a demographic perspective is shifting towards the democrats right the country is getting younger it's getting uh you're, you're getting, you know, certainly more, diverse, more certainly right? it's coming in more. It's much more diverse. Yeah. Right. It's, it's getting, you know, it's going from, you know, it's 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 much more. It's black and it's brown. It's mm. not majority white anymore. And so it's trending that way. And Texas is trending that way. And Georgia's trending that way. California did it, did this switch, you know, 20, 30 years ago. People thought this would happen in, in Texas and Georgia, maybe 10, 20 years from now for it to happen in 2020 would be a huge shift and the Republicans would really have to rethink how they are going to become a legitimate second party. Because if they can't carry Texas and Georgia, it's really over for them without a huge shift in what they do. Trump won Georgia last time by five points. Um, and so it wasn't like a landslide 10 point victory like in Alabama or in Mississippi. Uh, so it, it was reasonably close, but what it, it wasn't the top dozen closest states last time. At a campaign stop, campaign uh, dinner, I guess, fundraising dinner, the president had told some of his supporters that he was now thinking that the Republicans might lose the Senate. Uh, this was just, I believe, within the last 24 hours, he was kind of publicly announcing this or at least announcing it to this group of supporters. Uh, how important is that kind of a statement coming from the president at this point in the race? Well, and, and there are senators who are saying – the president's going to lose, so you have to support us. So you now have a fight over within the Republican Party, a fight over where do the resources go, where do where does the money go if, for that last week to, to campaign um, on a level playing field, especially as it gets much more expensive to do get out the vote in that last minute advertising. Mm. So Donald Trump is saying, look, if the Republicans are going to lose the Senate, you really need me in the White House. And then the senators in those close races are saying, well, Trump's going to lose. You need you need me to win because we need to keep divided government or the Democrats are going to do whatever they want. They're going to, you know, pack the Supreme Court and Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. are going to become states and we're going to have a Green New Deal uh, and your taxes are going to go. up. So so it is yeah. not a good sign when there is finger pointing within a party this close to an election. Yeah. 
the president was in Florida trying to shore up support with his senior citizen base uh, at the same time when we are seeing the worst COVID increases in months, uh, over 80,000 cases on Friday, over 70,000 on Thursday. Uh, some of the key states, including Ohio, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, uh, have also posted uh, one-day records for new infections on Friday. This uh, Is this definitely the COVID election for President Trump, even though uh, obviously he's trying to change the, change the, the narrative? But uh, with numbers like this, is it possible he can get away from the pandemic? No, it isn't, especially if he loses seniors. Um, that is part, you know, everybody talks about his core base is, you know, the, the white, uh, non-college educated voter. Uh, but seniors also were very supportive of Donald Trump. They tend to be more Republican um, and, and tend to be a little bit more conservative as, a, as an overall demographic. And where they're most important is Florida. In Florida, seniors make up 30 percent of, of the total electorate because there's so many retirees there. And he won Florida over because of seniors giving him that margin of victory over Hillary Clinton. If he loses them in Florida, which it seems to be the case, then he can't win Florida. Again, it is another state. He has to win Florida. He has to win Georgia or he has no presidency uh, for a second term. So it, if this is a COVID election and no one's been hit harder by seniors because seniors, one, of course, have been the most impacted by the health, but they're also the ones who have to isolate the most. They don't get to see their, you know, their grandkids. They don't get to yeah. go out. They're, they're stuck at home and he's losing them. And that's why Things are trending so far against him. Right he now. was in Florida. He was in Ocala at the Villages, which is a senior retirement community, 35,000 people. I mean, it's a it's a town. It's its own town. Yeah. Uh, one would assume that those are the people he kind of already has. Right. Um, would he have been better to spend his time in another part of Florida or in another kind of venue other than that very traditionally Republican stronghold of of the Villages? Well, he's, he's got to make sure his base comes out. And it is, you're right, it is a little bit worrying um, if you have to go back to where your supporters are to get them to come out again. Um, because you should be trying to, to you know, build upon uh, your base, go to different places. But that is where Trump is in trouble. It's why he, when he goes to Iowa, that he won by nine points last time. It, he shouldn't have to be going to Iowa right now. He went to California for a big fundraiser. You shouldn't be wasting the president's time on a fundraiser uh, this close to an election. And and so that's why I said, you look at where the president goes um, and that's going to tell you how the campaign thinks the race is going Mm. and Mm. looking at where Joe Biden is going and looking where Donald Trump is going. Boy, all the signs point that the Biden camp is much more confident of a win than the Trump camp. At the uh, at the debate this past week, and we don't need to go through the whole debate again, but Joe Biden said a couple of things that were frankly quite worrying to some Democrats and the way he was portraying how uh, he wanted to get rid of uh, oil, fossil fuels and convert that into obviously uh, renewable resources. But it wasn't so much what he said it was the way he said it was not phrased in a particularly eloquent way, which left him open to a lot of Republican attacks. Uh, did that hurt Biden significantly, do you think, the way he phrased what he was his policy toward, uh, toward oil? Well, I, I think if the election were a choice between Biden and Trump and it were 
you know, really narrow in Pennsylvania because it's a, the, whether you're allowed to have fracking or not have fracking is a big issue in, in Pennsylvania. And Joe Biden has said he is not going to outlaw fracking. And Donald Trump has said, no, he really is. <laughs> but again, that's not, not what the campaign's about. So mm-hmm. it's about it is about the pandemic. It is about um, his Donald Trump, the president, to lead the country during a national crisis and get the country out of the national mm-hmm. crisis. And so, yeah, look, if this were 2016 and Pennsylvania were razor thin and this moved half a point um, because Joe Biden was, you know, inartful uh, for, during the debate, yeah, maybe, but it shouldn't right now. And if it does, if Joe Biden loses this election, it's not going to be because he gave a fuzzy answer at, at a debate on Pennsylvania. It's going to be because of something much different than that. All right, Steve, we will see in a week where we're at uh, the final two weeks now of the campaign or week and a half uh, of the campaign. Uh, thanks again, as always, for your insight into what's happening. Thank you, GVZ. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.